welcome to Pack Rugby Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a massive show this evening. I'm absolutely fizzing at the bunghole for this one because we've got some new personnel in the studio, but my God, it is absolutely red hot. Now, I'm going to change things up a little bit before I introduce our guests and introduce uh, our panellists. I'm going to start with the Battlers bench tonight uh, because we do have Big Fat Dars on the Battlers bench. Big Fat Dars, how are you, mate? Jay Ball, good mate. Are you excited? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bloody oath, man. You seem excited. Good input. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> the reason why I did that is because on the starters bench this evening, we don't have Dallin. Obviously, we know Doss is gone for the season. But joining us in studio tonight, we have Doss's replacement, Ed Quirk, and sitting right beside him, Fiji and rugby legend, Amani Dadola. Yes. <laughs> no one? Yeah. Give it up for Nems. Nems, how are you, brother? Good to be here. Absolutely pumped to have you here and sitting right beside you. Goddamn hero himself, Ed Quirk. Quirky, your first time in the hot seat. Well, for this season, taking over for the remainder of the season. Back in Australia, how are you feeling? You're pumped? Good. Obviously, we've got bigger news having Nems here and um, sort of puts a bit of a, de- <laughs> a de- <laughs> bit of a dampener on me becoming like a full-time panellist for Dossies. So, you guys are going to kick me in the teeth from the get-go, but that's what the show's about, but guys pumped and um, ready to have a good laugh and talk some good footy. I was actually thinking that. I was like, shit, hell of a night for uh, for Dow not to rock up. Your former schoolmate, Nems. Yeah. And obviously, Quirky, your first first time in the hot seat. <laughs> you've got Nems sitting beside you. Sorry, brother. But, uh, mate, Nems, back in Australia, obviously, you've had a bit of a clean-out on your knee recently. How's that tracking? Yeah, it's not too bad. I had a clean-out uh, a few weeks ago now. Uh, Fine enough, I'm running tomorrow, and then hopefully I'm back uh, in the next... not. Next game with a few weeks, so um, little clean out, but um, look at the Fijian jeans, mate. So I'm, I'm back, I'm yeah. back running tomorrow. What was it? Why suck in a hollow? What yeah, four weeks for a yeah. broken ankle? <laughs> Head to the islands, banana leaves yeah. on the leg, and off you go. Hell yeah, mate! But how how is it in the uh, the Tars camp? We were able to get down early this year. Shiony and the boys were able to have a yarn to you and a, a few of the other guys. They said the culture's awesome, but I mean results necessarily at the start of the season haven't gone your way. But a big win against the Highlanders on on the weekend just gone. Yeah, it's it's you know playing most of my career over over in Europe, coming back to Australia. It's a, it's a really young squad, um, but an energised squad. They're very they've got a lot of energy. They bring, you know, boys are hungry to, to get better. Um, and uh, yeah, look, haven't had the start we wanted. Had a really good preseason, um, but you know we got a good win uh, last week against Highlanders, and hopefully we can carry that form on. Um, you know we've got a. A few big games ahead. We've got the Reds this week and then, um, you know, we've got Drewer and, and Moana. So a few games there that, you know, we could um, definitely push for, for, we could win and push for finals. And how's it feeling in regards to coming into the, the derby against the Reds this weekend? Up in Townsville, of all places, be sweating like a fat man's asshole up there. But, I mean, boys are obviously absolutely championed a bit for that one. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, the derby, the, well, it's kind of hard to talk about because I'm from Queensland, but... Um, You're torn. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Who pays you, mate? Remember yeah. that. <laughs> Look, the, the, <laughs> I think, I think the, the thing that works well for us, uh, the fact that it's going to Townsville, not playing at Suncorp, I think that mm. takes away that sort of little bit of that rivalry because it ultimately becomes a neutral, doesn't it? You know, you're playing in Townsville. Yeah, you're playing in Queensland, but... Um, you know, it's it's a good week for us to prepare well, and, and hopefully we can um, go up there and you know and, and get the win. It's going to be awesome. hot up there. Thankfully, I'm not playing because I've, I've probably uh, yeah. won the last too long. Just, just quickly, what I'm like from always done. Queensland. 
Now the Tars say preparing for that Queensland game, are they really harping on the, the old Queensland, New South yeah. Wales? And from just a personal opinion, I feel like that's just sort of gone away and everyone's sort of mates and we get on with it where my last few games against the Tars, it was like, Bloodbath. Oh, we, we just sort of honed in on on the Bring Hayden. Bring him handy. Yeah. Yeah. Let him fire up the boys. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> we bleed it. We bleed it. Yeah. Not in yeah. yeah. Go your good thing. Exactly right. I, I've always just thought, you know, um, from your sort of the, um, from the line, like, is it, is it a focused on game or is it just sort of another game and another prep and week to week or is this sort of fed into that Queensland, New South Wales role? Yeah, no, it? it's still big down there. The boys really get into it. Um, you know, it's experiencing, um, you know, obviously being Queensland, but playing New South Wales, you, you get into it down there. And they're, they're really, with the Tars, it, the rivalry, we get some old boys come in from, you know, that played in those big games in the past. And no, it's still alive. Um, and again, like, we probably haven't had the season we wanted to so far, but we've been, as a squad, we've been picking this out for a long time. And um you know, we can't wait. I think the boys are preparing really well. And um, it was actually pretty tense this week, to be fair. Um, I mean, I was in the rehab group, but you walk around, you're trying to joke with guys and, um, you know, they're, they're trying to, their mind's definitely set on on uh, this week. So, yeah. Nemzi, I want to ask you while we've got you, because even just before we went live, you were just giving an awesome perspective in regards to like the Fiji R and all this sort of stuff. So while we've got you, I want to... I want to discuss and get your thoughts on a lot of things, all the way from, say, your schoolboy, uh, yeah. you know, career, all the way up until literally right now what you're, you're talking about with the Tars. Because um, for people who don't actually know, your old man, Ilyasa uh, Nasigidiavi, actually was uh, came over in the 80s to play for Queensland rugby. Yep. Became a big, very well-respected and well-known name unto himself. And I want to know, going through Nudgee 2005, yep. uh, a centre partnership outside, uh, inside Will Chambers, so yeah, pretty probably. bloody deadly there. Know. But was there, was there, obviously being the son of Ilyasa, was there a lot of pressure put on you being at the rugby nursery that is Nudgee College to sort of perform? And, and how does someone deal with that? Um, look, growing up, it, yeah, I think, I, might, I guess at the time I didn't really feel it, but there was always that thing on the back of my head. Um, over my head, sorry, back of my head. Yeah, I've got a few slaps at the back of my head. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, Issa is uh, my old man who came over, obviously played, Queensland, he, he he kept playing right up until his 40s, I think. He played down at, he, had, he finished up at Ipswich Rangers. So, Ipswich uh, Rangers. Nice. We've yeah. got them in two weeks, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, um, <laughs> no, at the time there was, I think there was more expectation from my old man than anything else, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, you know, which was good because it sort of instilled a lot of probably hard love he taught me, which which I've been, you know, I've carried on till today. Mate, um, he, in the late 2000s, you um, made the decision to, to change your name. Yeah. Um, what were the main reasons behind that? Yeah, so a lot of people um, always ask me this question. So before, you know, I've still got, I've still got my name yep. um, on, on my birth and passport. My name was, Ra it's Ratune Maninriu Nasinganiavi. Um, and obviously now I'm using Nemani Nadolo. But the reason behind it was simple. Um, mum and dad split up and um, I actually didn't finish school. So I had to drop out of school at, at Nudgy. I still had another year playing first, uh, well, obviously, and going to school and trying to do something that part of the of schooling. And uh, went away and I, I, it just felt right to, you know, mum took on the took on the hands of um, looking after us kids and 
as it, it was a way for me to just to, to honour mum. Honor mum. Um, yeah. And I did that, uh, I think, the year after I made the 20s. And, um, you know, that was... No, actually, it was before that. Oh, no, sorry, after it. Sorry, after it. And then, yeah, so I've, I've carried Nemo Dolo um, the, the whole way. Look, I didn't think my career would pan out the way it did. Um, but, you know, it was... Um, yeah, I, I was always going to change it back, but I just, I guess I haven't. And, you know, I've been playing rugby for, you know, I've, I've made a name, I guess. Yeah. Um, people now know me as Nemani Nandolo. And, Hell uh, of a yeah. way to honour your mum. Yeah, so that, that was that. And again, I didn't think, you know, I, I, even then when I changed my name, I wasn't certain of, of where I went or where, where I've gone to. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, the biggest reason why I changed it. Bet you there was there was there was some wingers that were like, oh my god, as long as we don't have that Ratu bloke, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's not on the team sheet. It's like, who, who's this guy? Oh no, come on. But that 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 would Keep have been guessing. a big thing to do because there's been, especially in the last couple of years, there's been a huge focus on commentators, the media, and stuff mm. like that in regards to the pronunciation of, in particular, Islander names because mm. there's so much history, there's so much culture, there's so much respect in regards to yep. like someone's name and their heritage and stuff like that so to be able to do that especially in this day and age i, I don't know like is that something you really even considered back then in regards to yeah there was a history of changing your name or something like that yeah well in our culture you know the name you carry it you're bearing it it's it's there's a whole a lot of significance to it and i think not many people know that the name ratu nemani in rio is a is the my namesake is a uh, who I was named after was my great grandfather, who was the last chief of our tribe, which is the Vusu tribe from Namatakula. So when I changed it at the time, you know, I was, I was 19, 20, I was a bit, I did it purely because of that it wasn't um, other things. And, you know, it, it was part of the, some of the family went, probably weren't happy about it. Um, um, but you know, as years got on, they, they kind of understood why. Um, and it's creating your own history. Now, yeah, right? yeah. And so, but the funny thing is now, like, I've got a young fellow now, and um, I'm, it's, it's so complicated, like, how yeah. to explain. So, like, I'm I'm actually a Kurindrani. So, um, Chris. don't know, Chris is Chris Kurindrani is my younger brother. Tevita Kurindrani is my first cousin. And his father and my father uh, are, um, are brothers. Uh, yeah, brothers. So the thing in our, and this is what gets me, is that a lot of Fijian names, a lot of guys don't take on the last, they take on their, they take on their father's middle name. So Nasinganyavi was my father's middle name. And, but on my birth certificate, <laughs> which is, you know, debatable in the age of how old I really am. <laughs> it, which it, birth it, certificate? Is it, is it yeah. a nudgy college yeah. one? Yeah. We've all heard the rumours, <laughs> It's Kurindrani, so... Oh, yeah. um, but yeah, my son, when he was born, he, he's, you know, I, I deliberately, it's, he's a Kurundrani, um, because that was what I did, and that's the decision I made. And, you know, I've got a little fella now, and, you know, like I said, the name bears a lot of weight in our culture and in, in, in where we're from. I was going to say you'd have a hell of a time at the tax office here and down in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that's, and that's the hardest thing too. So yeah. when you're going to book a flight and, you know, you got one name, and then you got another yeah. name. So, yeah, I, I was always said I was always going to try and change it and everything. Um, you know, after a year or so, but it's been 13 years since I've left Australia, and 
we're just trying to settle in now. So hopefully I'll, I'll get some time and, and take sort that sort all that stuff out. There probably is some tax. Yeah. <laughs> I know you touched on it and um, just about being back home in the islands and and your, in your village and that when you did make the decision with the name change and, yeah. and that you obviously said it was a big decision and there was, um, you know, probably some repercussions. Um, been to Fiji a lot and such a tight-knit <coughs> community and um, each village. Uh, and you said you obviously made that personal decision. Yeah. Um, and I know you probably don't want to give too much inside, but... Was that the first thing in the f in in the forefront of your head that when you were making that call, or was that just purely out of your heart and your desire to you know respect your mum and that side? Yeah, at the time, Kirk, it was uh, purely just to to, to honour mum. Um, she sacrificed a lot for us uh, in that time, and you know to that sacrifice so much that I left school. So I didn't actually. I didn't actually get a high school certificate, so I might have to go to TAFE if I have to get a job. Oh, yeah. um, so I left <laughs> Man, school. You're really divulging a lot here. Yeah. Throw yourself under the bus, eh? So I left... Um, <laughs> just in case it comes out. But uh, no, I left... Join the queue. Yeah. <laughs> I left it... Uh, you know, I left school. You know, so that was... I didn't think of that, all that other stuff. Like, to be fair, you know, I grew up in... As much as I'm a proud Fijian, I was born there, you know, but my parents gave us a life here and I didn't think of that that side of things um i did it purely just to honor her and again uh, i didn't think i'd go on to do what i did in the game and um you know it's just yeah it's just the way it is so talking about going on in the game you, you touched on it just before in regards to uh that under 20s you went to the mm. you got selected in the under 20s i think in 07 or 08 or uh, something yeah, like 08, that I think, yeah. went to the world championships ended up the leading try scorer out of that obviously um got yourself a contract with the tars mm. and um, we, we had, uh, you know, Nella on um, a few weeks ago talking about the pressure of being a schoolboy star and having all this yeah. pressure on his head and Richie Mwanga talking about, you know, he put pressure on himself mm. um, after not making secondary schools and then having to grind his way through. For you, you know, you, you had the size, the speed, mm. the agility, the skill set, um, but it didn't seem to click when you were at the TARS and you were let go. For a young kid, you yeah. would have only been 20, 21, something yeah. like that, to then find yourself having to go over to Europe just to get a Guernsey. Mm. I mean, first, how hard is it to sort of accept that? And secondly, how hard is it to then have to go, all right, this is what my journey is going to look like. I'm going to have to go, you know, as a young kid, halfway around the world just to sort of fulfil my dream. Yeah, um, so... That year I made um, under twenties. I was actually going to give the game up. To be fair, like Shit. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was floating around. I was, uh, you know, floating around. I was at the Perth uh, the Spirit. I was in the Force Academy. Um, I probably, no, I won't say probably. I was. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't. I guess I didn't know how to be a professional at the time. Um, and mind you, that was around the time where. The divorce of my parents, you know, and I've taken on the role of trying to be the the, the big brother, father figure in our in our uh, family. And I, I, there was a lot going on off the field, so rugby sort of became. This is prior to the twenties. Sort of became kind of like, right, if I can earn some money, I'll do it. You know, I, I, prior to that, I was in Perth. I went to Malaysia for three months and played over there Loose. in Kuala Lumpur. What's it like there? Crazy. You're on the piss every second day. <laughs> um, and they paid you in US dollars, which was good at the time because, you know, the old Western Union back. <laughs> um, but, the, yeah, I, I got to got to the 20s. So when I got to 20s, I was still – everyone in that team was all contracted. 
So that, that year was like Will Genya, Quade Cooper. So Oaf, Oaf, yeah, those guys. Anyway, <laughs> they, they, they were in Japan. I don't think they're still playing or s- Korea or somewhere. Um, <laughs> playing oh, Korea. Yeah. They actually South got a Korea. South Korea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so when they they made it, I was there was only two of us that didn't that wasn't contracted. So when I got into that twenties team, um, I you know I was like right, I can go far here and, and try and you know do well because that was sort of I got picked out of club playing for Randwick or went down to Randwick and played and the pressure more so for me was just making sure that I could support my family if that makes sense mm. so like um and then when I made the 20s obviously got a bit of a shift went to the Tars and Lotte Tungiri was down there um but again not I didn't get any game time down there obviously they had Lockie Turner and guys um you know, Lottie and, and I think, was it Alfie Murphy? No, something Murphy. Alex Murphy, who was a winger. And he was like the next thing as well. So he got on and I think the, the perception at the time of me was that I, I'd be, I wouldn't be quick enough to play super. So I found myself playing club rugby and, you know, I was on a, I, I, was, I, was, I was at the task for two years and, and never got a gig. So that, it was when I got, got let go there, I was like, well, hold on. You know, I kind of grew a bit of a chip on my shoulder where, you know, you're told you're not good enough, you know, and um, so when I went overseas, I was like, um, you know, I still had that ambition to want to play super, um, but I knew at the time I had to support the family, I had to try and get an income or I'd go get a job. So when I, when I left, when I left, when I made decisions to go overseas, I said to myself, look, I'm going to go over there and make the most of it, whether it's one year or two or three years, I'm going to try and earn as much as I can and try and plays you know try and try and play as good as i can and um yeah it just carried on i guess you credit that um that move overseas change of mindset maybe you know in a um more more professional um uh team environment do you credit that to maybe building more of your skills on your on that base that you had when you were in australia um i wouldn't say skills it was more my mental side of things so my the way I thought, I knew I was good. Like I knew I had the skills. You know, I, I, look, I'm not an 80, 90 kilo winger. I'm a big boy, but oh, that's hadn't noticed. That's, that's um, <laughs> you know, that's where I, I, um, it wasn't more so working on my game. It was more so working on this. Yeah, yeah. And so once I got that, and that took me two, three years. You know, don't get me wrong. It was try to solve it with the alcohol and try to do a lot of things. But Been I, there, man. you know, what I mean, I, mm-hmm. I just. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just changed the mindset of, of how I approach things, and it wasn't until I got put in jail. So I won't say jail like a watch house. I like to say I went to jail. So. Is that is that during your time at the Exeter Chiefs? Exeter Chiefs. So yeah, yeah, you only had five appearances for them, and then it got um, knocked on the head. So I actually wanted to discuss this with yeah. you. You got a DUI whilst yeah. there with Exeter, and you got uh, let go by them as a result. Like I myself had a DUI when I was 19 and it's stupid it's dumb but like for someone yeah I want to get your thoughts on it because you know kids do dumb shit yeah it's you know it's part and parcel with being young and dumb but like to be able to use that as potentially a learning Mm. situation is that something you were able to observe in the moment that maybe this is the swift kick up the ass that I need to be able to sort my shit out or is it maybe in hindsight you were able to see maybe that was the turning point 
Because yeah. it was after that you then went to Japan to the NEC Green Rockets, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, story behind that, I uh, I didn't get let go because I went to jail. So I went to oh, watch house. Jail sounds like someone done something wrong. Sounds just, real. Just stick with jail. Yeah, I'll stick with jail. So, yeah. Stick with jail. Yeah. yeah. So yeah I was, King's I was, jail over there. Right? <laughs> I, I, I was actually was it Changi jail for <laughs> six Changi months. Jail. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, so I, was, I think I was. I was six limits, six times over the limit. Um, and like I talk about it now, obviously not proud of it, but mm. it's good to talk about these things because, you know, we're not perfect. Um, mm. And so went to the watch house, spent the night there, and I just, I just sat there the whole time. And that was a turning point in my life where it was like, you're going to, two ways you're going to go about this. You're going to go, um, you know, the way of, for what you're doing now or you know and your family's going to suffer and your message is going to suffer that you've brought over then they're all going to suffer or you can go this way and just crack on and make the most of it um so anyway i went to court um got an 1800 pound fine Whoa. yeah it was crazy um for a 20 year old on you know <laughs> there was a lot of money um and then i i uh i went to rob baxter who was really good at the time i said listen i'm that was probably the peak of what I was going through um, mentally with the family and stuff. And I just wasn't clicking. You know, rugby was, was all right. It's just the stuff off the field in my mental thinking. And then um, went to Rob Baxter, who was really, I said to him, I said, mate, listen, I'm, I still had another year left. I said, listen, I'm, I'm not feeling right. I'm, is there any possible way you can give me, you can let me go home? Um, and this was like two, ga two days after the last game. So they've already got a squad ready for next season, and I'm in that. And it was hard for him to let me go, but at the same time, he understood. Uh, my partner had just gone back to Brisbane. And he said, yeah, he goes, I wish you all the best. Um, and then I came back to Brisbane, and that's when NEC, uh, Green Rockets in Japan, were like, well, we want to offer you a contract, but only a 10-month contract. And I was like, yeah, shit, yeah, I'll take it. Um, and he goes, but the conditions is you can't drive, you can't drink. You can't do all this and i was just like yeah because you know what they're like over there it's you know really traditional and so that was i saw that as a kind of like a, a second chance at, at this game mm. um and i took it and i came over there i went over there and i just said right 10 months i'm gonna give everything i've got and yeah went over there enjoyed it and after that 10 months i ended up they offered me a three-year deal and they called japan home for a bit which is cool do you think that you know, obviously over in uh, Exeter, I wouldn't say it's a forgiving country, but people understand a bit more, you know, mental health and different things. And and probably, you know, you going and having a chat with the coach and, and the organisation about, you know, where you were in that mental space and, mm. and wanting to leave, though, obviously very forgiving because, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're the you're the decider of what you're going to do. But um, did you feel that coming to NEC and hitting Japan shores that, it was actually potentially a good thing for you with how regimented and how to the rules and everything that you probably had been told about where like for instance you said pretty much contractually i can't drive i can't drink i can't do these mm. things do you think that almost just puts you in a mindset of like cool i'm actually almost forced into yeah just sticking to my guns and playing footy and enjoying myself and have to put all that stuff to bed for this to work? Yeah, 100%. I, I spoke to Elliot Takiri, who's um, coaching down at Jeeps. He played a few years at um, at Panasonic or Sanyo at the time. And I just had a word to him. I, and exactly the same thing he said was that, you know, everything's all company-based, company based, black and white. You're, you're, not a, you're not playing in a rugby club. You're playing in a company. You're an employee. And yep. 
um, you know, so he probably nailed everything down f um, um, for me and said, this is your last chance. And so I went over there. Um, and when I got there, it was, yeah, you're right. You know, you're like, you're in a, sh you're living in a, well, I, when I played NEC, we we're in a shoebox. <coughs> you go to training, come back, go to training. And it was probably what I needed at, at, at that point in my life. And, um, you know, my rugby took off from there. And, um, you know, I just, that discipline is where, like I said, where I learned a lot, um, you know, and it was probably the best thing to happen. And I'm fortunate, I'm probably blessed in a way because, you don't always get second chances in, in this game and, um, you know, I'm thankful that that, that happened to me and it, it got me to, to where I am today. And 2014 is when you came back to the Satyrs and it was, it's quite funny, like, I mean, we knew who you were, but yeah. so many people in Australian rugby had no idea who Namani Dolo was, despite yeah. the fact that you were in your mid-twenties, Yeah, you travelled around the world and, you know, you came into the Satyrs mm. who are arguably the best professional domestic team mm. in world rugby. And you came in, leading try scorer that year. I think you scored a try in the semi and the granny against the Tars. Like, you blew it away. Mm. How did it feel after all that bullshit, after traipsing through all that, to then come into the super rugby competition with a new club in a new country in the same competition that, for lack of a better term, only half a decade prior, didn't yeah. want to touch it with the 10 foot clown pole. Yeah, it felt... Look, when I first rocked up, because I, I, I was um, in Japan and Greg Cooper was like, hey, listen, do you want to go play super? And every time I, my contract would come up, I'd always ask, "Would is there a team in Australia that would be keen to take me on? So, like... And my agent at the time would be like, no, no, nah, they're not keen, they're... That, that, I don't know like what they Australian rugby, eh? Do you know what I mean? And so, like, I <laughs> kept trying, like, right up until, you know, like, right up until now, you know what I mean? And oh I, 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 I always kept knocking at the door. I, I, I know I've played for Fiji, and I know there's always rules now with the foreigner rules, but I wanted to always play here. And um, anyway, so I, I that came up. Um, Greg Cooper, the coach who coached me, I've got so much respect for, said, do you want to go play soup? And I was like, yeah. He was like, right, let's have a meeting tomorrow. So I rang my partner and my wife and I was like, could be a team. You know, we're going, we're back, going back to Australia, baby. <laughs> back we're to going to the capital. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> so in my time, I thought it was either the Rebels or the Force. So I was like, yeah, cool. And my wife was like, right, you know, we got excited. And then I rocked up to catch up with my coach and he was like, oh, yeah, who's his team? Like, he's like, so you keen? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, um, it's in New Zealand, the Crusaders. I was like, what? <laughs> You know, so you're either priming for the beaches of Western yeah. Australia or the cafes in Melbourne, you're going to Christchurch. Yeah, and then I Shit. I was blown away, to be fair. So yeah. I, And I was like, they were like, look, they need a, a strong outside back, a big outside back. And I was like, yep, I took it. So I rocked up there and, um, mate, like the thing with the Crusaders is just a different yeah. different environment. Like a lot of people still ask me today, like it's hard to explain it, but like it's the water down there. And, you know, like I, I was fortunate enough to have played in the era of um, – the Dan Carters, the Richard McCaws, the the Kieran Reeds, and all that, the White Crockets, and um, you know, it was. I got down there, and I just, I always had this thing where I always had that thing in the back of my head that you're not good enough. So every time I played Super, I was like, right now you're here, you got to, you know, prove to. It was more sort of proving to myself that I could. It wasn't trying to prove people wrong. It was proving to myself that I had what it takes to play in this competition because there's always. I feel. You know, growing up, Super Rugby was a premier competition. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and so, 
and even that, like I still have that nerve. I still have that nerve, like coming into that thing, because I was always told you're going to be too slow to play in this competition. And then, you know, the, I think the the difference was that they they don't they 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 they, they how do I say this right? They don't put you in a bra in a in a bracket or in a in sort of like. They yeah. work with you individually, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they go, these are your pros, these are your cons. Yeah. We utilise what you've got and we work on what yeah. you don't. Uh, yeah, exactly right. And they, and they always they said to me, oh, the trainer who worked really well was like, he said, mate, we know you're not the fittest. He said, we know you're not going to run a, a 430, 440 in a Bronco. Still don't, can't. Um, don't need but, you, mate. But you're, 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 you're strong. You know, yeah. you're strong, you're quick, and there's not many wingers like you. So let's use that. And like that's just yeah, sort amazing. of... It just flicks like, you know, like when, when someone puts, you know, like nurtures you, like takes you in and, and cares about you, you're going to run through a brick wall, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's probably where it all started for me in terms of like, who cares what, what people think about your body size? And because I'm, I'm not an, a normal winger, you know what I mean? No. You know what I mean? Like I, I, as I say, I'm not your average winger, like I'm a big winger and this is where I think people sort of got scared because they're like, well, how do we deal with this? You know what I mean? And the Crusaders, as in like, like when you're in the when you're in their squad, and the Crusaders was the first team that I actually genuinely felt like you belong there. Yeah, I guess. yeah like I belong playing in that comp. And I, you know, that year I, I, I even I was surprised with some some of the stuff I did. But again, I was playing outside some of the best in the world. Yeah, and that like, helps. Yeah, but all I had to do was put the ball over the line. And I'm actually, you know, doing some. Not to get you off, I'm doing some stuff at the moment with um. Been invited to do like a leadership and culture yeah. through a Crusaders um, thing at the moment and had some stuff with Razor. Been lucky enough to have a week on the gas with Razor for Barbarians and yeah. um, loves a dance. Yep, Scotty. Um, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Scotty, big D coach Scotty there. And mate, the stuff I'm learning is just and mm. what I I remember I was playing for the Reds and I saw you got um, chucked into the Sadist squad and in my mind because I, I knew a little bit about their culture and that mm. I just and exactly what you're saying, it's just, it's not about, you know, hey, mate, you're here to play footy and you're big and just run hard and carry mm. and that. They're just like, who are you? Yeah. Let's learn about you, learn about your culture. Where, what are your struggles? You know, how can we get the best out of you? Like, we're here for you. Yeah. And the stuff I was learning today, it would just blew me, you know, like, yeah, we before me and all this stuff. And that was one of the questions yeah. you've obviously already covered. It was just... Yeah, they're never pigeonholing, which feel bad for saying Australian rugby just like, mate, you do this, do your job and just do it. Yep. And this is the way I'm saying they, it. They coach you out of your natural yeah. ability so, sometimes. And as you said, you're just surrounded by people from leadership to coaches to yeah. people from up in marketing to the Crusaders, yeah. tragics. And you were able to just do you and you had all the tools. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm a huge advocate for culture first is going to get yeah. you over the line. And, and, I remember that season one playing against you two watching you just going like fuck yeah oh, like <laughs> you know that you, they just said you do you yeah. do you and we've got all these guys and we'll just yeah. you shine because this is how good you are and you were just a walking highlight reel that year Big I remember. Thanks, yeah mate. i um but that's the thing like you said just teams like yeah the, the crusaders do this really well but like when you get a team that um puts character first before your talent that goes a long way do you get what I mean? Like, they look at you, who you are, characters, and there's no, there's no dick. Can you swear on this? Yeah. There's, no, yeah, <laughs> there's no dickhead I mean, policy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, s I remember, um, I remember being in the squad and like the one of the boys 
who was in the All Black squad, had a boot bag with the All Blacks on, like the All Blacks fern, mate, got ripped a new one. Like, Where's this place is Where's Crusaders. Not here, yeah. This right. is oh, not. really? Yeah. You got to mean? Yeah, it's... Um, Some guy, like, one, I won't name names, but one of the boys rocked up in a BMW and was like, Got ripped a new one, so then it was like nah. next next day it was like Slash coming off the names anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking from first hand experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was you, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So never so, again. Yeah. <laughs> the Kia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was always it was always team first, national stuff comes later. Like don't even talk about. It. And particularly when like it's weird because you have the, the the you had the captain of the All Blacks and then you had the the five yeah. eight. Like you pretty much had the the guys, yeah, the Ford pack there. Like two of the greatest players yeah. ever. And even that that was it was driven by them. So if you got them driven it, so like and that's what made it a good save because there was guys there who didn't play for the All Blacks. We played for Fiji. Some of us played for Tonga, and that was so when you left that when you came in with that doors, you come in with. To the point of has to be red and black. You would have been probably one of the first to to use the term outsider sort of to come in. You know, like I know that there's probably others that have come before, yeah. but you, you sort of hear the Crusaders breeding factory of oh, of yeah. being within yeah. the area and and fitting yeah. the mold. And as you said, the no dickhead policy. Like you, yeah. you know, if someone doesn't fit the mold, they slowly creep out the yeah the back, the back door or go to the glue factory. So you would have been. Yeah, there was a few of us before me. So they, um, they usually, like, before me, we had uh, Marika Vunibaka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ironically, it's Fijians that they bring in. Um, Villa Moni de la Salle, and obviously myself, like, they'd always bring the. Yeah. But I think that year, there was a few guys that came from Auckland, like Jordan Tofua, um, Jimmy Tupo. And, but it, it was like, it was funny because you, you listen to a lot of their stories, and they were like, not sort of could make the blue sort of thing. So they've got a knack for, for, yeah. for, for recruiting. Identify, identify yeah. they can then build into their yeah. so system. You, and then they, you know, and like that's, so that year we were all, they came down, they all went on to do good things as mm-hmm. well. So, um, but also too, mate, down there, it's like, guys, you, that environment, it's just, it's hard mm. to explain, but it, when you experience it, you know, you, you know, you actually, when you're going through it, you don't actually feel it until you leave that place, you look into it and you're like, Oh, I know why they're successful, or I know why this, but um, yeah, the, the for me the biggest thing was the fact that they were just like they they were understanding of, and they knew my character. They were understanding of how big I was and how I was as a player, and they were like, "Well, let's w- make it work rather than let's change you." Yes, that makes sense. So. Well, that's something I want to touch on with you while we've got your names, because you know that that literally leads into the fact that you look at Australian rugby, right? And mm. so many players are starting to play overseas. And so many of them that do go over, actually their mm. game elevates exponentially. Yeah. Just look at, funnily enough, they're all second rowers. Sam Carter, Rory Arnold, yes. um, Will Skelton, Manny Miafu, uh, they've all gone over. Even Nick White, well, he went over yeah, not as a polished player. Yeah. He's come back and now yeah. he's world-class, yeah. probably yeah. top three halfbacks in world rugby right 100 percent. what is it I, I don't know if how to pose this question what is it about australian coaches or what is it about international club coaches mm. that do things different that just elevate these players because as you just touched on you've gone everywhere around the world and sometimes mm. it was a different environment that actually elevated your game as we've yeah. seen so many aussies doing at the moment yeah no i think it just comes down like Look, every country you can't. Every country is different in the way they approach the game. 
you know, like Japan played different, England played different, Australia played, I'd, I, I think, structured, very structured. Um, but for me, it's it's the the style of play that you are. You know what I mean? So, like, for, perfect example is Guy Porter, uh, played for Sydney Uni, captain Sydney Uni to True Shield, floating around the Brumbies, was in the Brumbies squad, never really got a gig, come over to Leicester, and he probably didn't change his game. His game suited the English game. Mm. He's gone on to play for England. You know, I mean, he's done really well. He's, he's probably in the, you know, on the brink of probably making the World Cup squad. Um, you look at, um, like yourselves, uh, sorry, like um, the, the second rows that you, you just said, um, the Arnold brothers, um, Skelton, because they suit the game over there. Do you get what I mean? Like they're yeah. big guys, so they get over there and it's more of a, for, particularly for those boys, it's up front, it's, and then you get over the guys like Guy Porter and stuff. And so I think here is such a running game. It's always more running, less tackling, if that makes sense. Over there, it's the other way around. So if you can nail down your defence, but be rapid, um, you know, it, it, it tends to open up. Now, now it's changing a little bit, but for me, I just think it's sometimes, sometimes going to another place and getting appreciated for what you do, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So, I was going to say, so like I, I've, you know, done it personally as well, mm. was sort of not stagnant at the Reds at the back end and just a one opportunity came up at the Sunwolves and I just said, oh, this will, we'll just give it a go. And that was mm. my best year of footy, you know, stats-wise, enjoyment-wise and everything. And I think too, again, without criticising here, you know, love Aussie rugby um, to death. It's just, I feel like if you're at that 24, 25 age bracket yeah. and you're sort of, you haven't, you're not a wallaby, you're not a, you're still sort of trying to work your craft. Yeah. You're almost like, well, nah, see ya. We, we need to keep things young and fresh and yeah. and keep going where, you know, a lot of guys start to really peak at 27, mm. 28, you know, guys that are starting to understand the game a bit yeah. more, grow physically. And one guy who I played with at East, and I don't know if you have, UJ Sutini. Yeah. Oh, he's yep. killing it. Have you seen, mate, he was at the Reds. Is he Australian qualified? Um, yeah, he played under 20s and that. Mm -hmm. Lived with us for a bit, mate. Had he's... the biggest boot, quiet guy. And I just remember... At the Reds, they were just like, mate, you're too quiet, skills here nor there. Yeah. And he, I remember talking to him, again, you know, Samoan boy. He's played for Samoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And he, um, yeah, he just said, oh, I just don't really feel like I'm wanted here and yeah. no one really is willing to help me. And he yeah. went to La Rochelle. And I don't know if you saw him on the oh, weekend. I played, yeah. Yeah, Game, La Rochelle. Man of the match. In the semi-final too. Yeah. Pumped him too. So, and I think it was just a complete decision off mate you're young you haven't really cracked it at this 23 see yeah. you later yeah. different see environment later, here i guess there's no real buy-in yeah. i guess it's and, a bit and, more cutthroat here if you haven't made by yeah. x and I, I think it is cutthroat i think you know if i was to compare the lesser tigers squad that i was in compared to this squad, it's such a young squad and super rugby now maybe not so much the new zealand teams but the australian teams a lot of young young guys um whereas you go when i was playing at leicester we had 30 well, i was you know i was if you were 25 you still Young. considered young yeah. you know like Lose. 30 we had 38 30 well i was playing with 38 39 year old 36 year old but still playing really well do you know what i mean so you jimmy gobberth your richie richard wigglesworth chris ashton who i think is the goat of scoring tries you know what i mean he's <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like this is he's but, niggly but, too eh? but you <laughs> learn him. from that do you get what i mean yeah. Yeah. um and i think like you said he's gone over to france i, I remember playing against him he was at bordeaux played at bordeaux and he, even then he was just like 
I knew who he was because I played him in a development game. I played for Fiji Warriors one year, and they were in that. They played for Australia, you know, the like NTS squad or whatever. Like mm -hmm. the, and Chris played. He played. Um, and then after that, he he'd gone. So and but the thing is now he's an espoir. I think so over there. If you do three years as an academy, you count as a local, which isn't too bad for the yeah. when it comes Talk to contract it. negotiations. Yeah, because of the foreigner cap. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to it, he he's actually gone over there and like starting to become a household name in that competition. And you saw it on the weekend, La Rochelle playing, um, who did they Exeter, play? Exeter, wasn't it? Exeter, 45, 50,000. Did, did you see that atmosphere? That um, is- Unbelievable. It's like the flair is like, yeah. some of my best experience playing rugby was is in France with the crowd and the atmosphere with the flares. And then and we had Moana Pacifica and Rebels playing yeah. in, less, in front of less than a thousand on the yeah. weekend. Yeah. Why is that though? Why is- I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing stuff down in Sydney. You know, the Battle of the Bay down at like Marlins and that. You know, yeah. all, the, all the people and what, yeah. I, I ask always ask a similar question when I'm catching up and and watching stuff over in um, Nippon, and I'm mm. just going like, why why is club rugby packed to the brim? Ten thousand at yeah, yeah Battle well, of the Beaches. Yeah, Battle of the Beaches, drinking yeah. beers, enjoying it, hanging around, and all that. Same every with the time. Family, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. oldies go down to East and they're just like, mate, it is so good. Like yeah. just standing, listening to the listening to the chat, listening burgers, kids, beers. Yeah. You know, like it's just awesome. The is down on the sidelines. Yeah, it was funny. Oh, we played <laughs> scumbags yeah. down there, and then and then you watch, and then I flick over to watch the game at Suncorp, and it's just yeah, it's pretty Crickets. dry, and it's sad. You know, yeah. like mm -hmm. it's it's. What? We've had this conversation before. Like, what do you do? And it's a yeah. it's a hand it's a hand up one. We I remember you saying like that's one thing I've I experienced. I went and played clubland. I went to clubland, played for two blues, and I only lasted five minutes. Um, but like, it was funny because I came. I, I um, too got intense. on there. Yeah, we played Eastwood at TG, and I got off. And like I all like when I was walking off, I was like, you know, I was pretty gutted. But then. You got like, I felt I was back in England. I was back in France when they were abusing you. And they yeah, yeah, yeah. you just said, no, dollar, just retire. Just retire. And I was like, you yeah. old freak. Your ass, is, your ass is dragging on the grass. Oh, mate. And then afterwards, afterwards, we did the boat race. And I, I, I saw the same guys. And it was just like. Oh, there you, you know, go. Can yeah, you sign have my autograph? Can we do a boat race? And they were just like, you know what I mean? Like that was, that's what I miss that's so much passion, about, yeah. about like, because, you know, I'm so big on clubland. I love Mm. you know because that's where I, I think that's where rugby needs to start and like when i went down there and i i went away and i spoke to my wife um after and i was like i had the best day because like i was getting howled at told to retire oh, told yeah, her yeah. to piss off and then, and then after, after we did the boat race and they were just like nems mate how you been how's you know like i've always watched you and like just stuff like that you know you yeah. leave that banter on the side like <laughs> it's just you know it, it's yeah it was I love a the thought of you coming off crying and your wife's like, oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm just so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we lost two, by the yeah. way. <laughs> but yeah. But um, is, is that happening in Super Rugby at the moment? Like when you're playing teams, are you are you heading into the sheds with the other teams? You Is there beers? Is there music? Is there yarns? Is that uh, is that continuing? Handshakes, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I, I feel like I, it's I have, just, We haven't done it. We haven't done it yeah. like... Well, I wouldn't know because I haven't been playing. But um, when we, when we, you know, we, we we don't we don't do it. Like we, I think because the thing what, at Allianz is you go through different tunnels. So by the time you know, last time I played, we we weren't winning. So it's funny when I'm not playing, they're winning. Um, so I say something. Um, so it's got guys <laughs> are just you know quick to get out. But we have a beer amongst each other. Yeah. 
Um, but I know what you mean. There is teams that go in and like New Zealanders are big on it. Yeah. And that, that's sort of like, oh, um, I had all the Kiwi coaches, Tony Brown, Jamie Joe, yeah. the Summers, and that was the first thing. You had to be with each other quickly yeah, and then go and we'd always present the, the traveling team, yeah. Tars, Force, Reds, whoever, with like a, a Japanese sort of emblem. Yeah. And then it was just, man, Suntory had, we were a major sponsor, beers were on, music was on. Yeah, it was yeah. like an hour minimum. Yeah, I think it's a New Zealand thing. Yeah, and t- teams thing. were just sort of sitting there just like, like, is this, are we like allowed yeah. to do this? It was funny because like, but how's that a mindset yeah. of, of footy at the moment? Yes, I understand it's really professional, but like you're saying, just, Back to the roots of being yeah. a pig and, you know, just like, you've just, me and you have just be- beaten each other up for 80 minutes yeah. and we're going to have a beer and, yeah, yeah. and talk, yeah. talk turkey for a bit. Like, that's, no, it's, how, it's, where, where have we gone away from that? That's what I'm always yeah. questioning. Well, it's down in Clubland. Like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah, plenty of pigs in Clubland. Yeah, and that's what, like, I can't, you know, like, it's, um, when I get down to, so I, I was injured um, again when I watched, we beat Sydney Uni. Um, at home and even that like after it like the boys getting together Sydney Uni sort of left afterwards they didn't hang around a couple of scholarships got cut yeah, up yeah. on the way home <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. mum and dad they, crying on the drive they home did feel like their son home. they did drive home in the Lexus yeah. would have been yeah, yeah. They, well they, they felt unsafe out of the west so. <laughs> yeah, can't blame but I can tell you what there was a lot of nice cars in that car park that day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, a couple, uh, got a couple of emblems yeah, <laughs> yeah a few wood oh. ornaments yeah. um, Nems uh, so you you opted to uh, nominate yourself to play for Fiji in 2010. Yep. Um, so relatively early on in your career, especially yeah. in your professional career, yeah. uh, we're seeing so much um, so much of it now in regards to a lot of players. Obviously, with the new eligibility rules being able to change after five years of not having represented uh, another country, but. Even prior to that, we were seeing a lot of other players that were actually nominating to play for uh, sort of their their Country, cultural, yeah. um, uh, uh, I guess, nationality. You know, yeah. be, you were born in Fiji, but yeah. I guess you call yourself Australian Fiji and whatever it is. But you yeah. get a lot of guys that were sort of playing yeah. um, for their sort of cultural heritage. Uh, did you ever, even at the time, sort of think, because you were one of the OGs, to mm. really turn your back on a tier one nation to focus on, you know, playing for a Pacific Island nation. Did mm. you ever think even at the time or even looking back sort of what that was sort of doing for, I guess, Fijian rugby or just Fijian culture as a whole for some yeah. of the younger players coming through, what that would have meant had your career gone on to do what, what yeah. it has done? Well, at the time, I like I said, I, I got the door shut on me um, at, when I finished up here in Australia and um, Fiji said, look, are you keen to come and play? And I, and I did it because I, I, at the time I didn't know I was I was heading to a club that was going to get relegated. So I was like, well, I might as well, you know, um, you know, I, I'm going to go and play Fiji. So they hit me up to go, and so you remember then I've just been been told I'm not good enough to play in this in Australia and and whatnot. And um, so I've gone overseas. I'm going. I am heading overseas, and Fiji are like, are you keen? I was like, yep. Um, I'll play, you know what I mean? And even at the time, that was the, I played that year, then I didn't get picked again for four years. So Oof. so my international career got a stall as well, and that's another story. But I, um, you know, at the time, I, like, because I grew up, I, I lived in Australia, I played Australian in the 20s, you know, I, I grew up here in Brisbane and or out at Ipswich. And then, you know, so you grow up, you have that ambition of playing for Australia. Um, I'm fortunate enough and lucky enough that I get to play for another country. It's just, it's, it is what it is. You get what yeah. I mean? Like, 
when people say, "Oh, yeah, why'd you?" If, if you can, if you're eligible to play for two countries, play. You know, you've got the opportunity to do it. And I had that opportunity at the time, and I took it. Um, and look, at the time, it was my like I said, I was my life was pretty rocky then. So, um, <coughs> I, you know, I, I, I took it, and, and funny enough, my debut was against the Wallabies um, in Canberra. We lost badly, um, but at the time, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a new thing. Do you know what I mean? Like. Now you got kids going that if they can't make it that are Samoan Tongans, they're going and playing. It's the norm. Like back then, it wasn't really you know, no. sort of like it was not that it's frowned upon, but it wasn't. Not many people were doing it. So that was again, even that itself was sort of like, am I making the right decision? I remember, I remember getting dropped off at the airport to go to Fiji to to get into camp, and I was with. Um, Jerry Yanyanutawa, he's a prop, he's played for the Brumbies. He ended up playing for Fiji as well. Um, good friend of mine, he dropped me and he was like, is this a decision you really want to make? Oh, come on, mate. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Good <laughs> to ask that. Do you know what I mean? Airport. Airport. Yeah. Airport. And I was like, <laughs> well, um, you know, so like, and you got to remember, I'm still young then. I'm yeah, still yeah. loose, like really loose. And I was, I remember getting off that, remember getting out of the car and I went, I went to check in and I was like, you know, you sort of had doubts, but. I, I, I backed, you know, I, I spoke to my mum before I flew up, flew out and she was just like, you know, follow your heart. This is what it is, then do it. And so I followed my heart and, you know, I ended up playing, you know, 30 odd tests. And uh, I'd like to think I had a, had a good time in the, in the Fiji jersey and a lot of good memories. And I look back on it now and it's probably the best decision I ever made for my career and for my life at the time. With the, um, with, with the gap on the world rankings from, um, the tier one nations to some of the Pacific Isle nations getting, unfortunately, a little bit bigger over the last maybe one or mm. two World Cups, mate. Um, it's a World Cup year coming up. Well, we're in, and uh, there's some thought that maybe the uh, rules for um, Pacific Island players who have played for Australia or New Zealand or yeah. England or whatever, to if, if they're not picked in the World Cup squad of 30 or 40 or whatever it is then then they can go and play for their for their home nation yeah um what are your thoughts on that idea yeah it's as in yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm kind of on the fence about this because like look i get if you if you got the opportunity to go play for england or you go play for australia do it you know what i mean and put your heart and soul into it and 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 you know, all, all credit for you. Like, you're still a Fijian at the end of the day. You're, yep. you're still a Tongan at the end of the day and proud of it. But I think when it, like, it's oh, it's just hard. I think sometimes I always think about, because I was in that, I've been in that thing where I didn't, you know, like I was in the Fiji team and I've seen how some of those boys who come from nothing, who come from the village, who who are policemen or who are farmers that work so hard to get to, get to um, you know, to get to, to where they are and ultimately be able to play for Fiji, yep. then go and play for their, to go and get a contract to support their family. That's where, that's the view I'm seeing it from. You right? might cheapen it if, the, if that's a second choice. Yeah, yeah do you okay, know what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah, without, yeah, no, that makes sense. And yeah. like, the same thing, I've got nothing against those guys yep. who want to come, but like, for me, my heart, because like, you know, and I've been, I've been in the, in, in the system where I've seen guys who literally come from nothing and actually it's their rugby talent that gets them to where they are. Yep. And then, you know, I've had this conversation before where someone comes who's enjoyed 
playing for the All Blacks or the Wallabies in, in England. Like, I'm all for it. Like, you know, if you want to do it, but I, from the the view I see it is that. But if you're good enough and the coaches think you're, you're, you're going to be valuable to the team and you're going to push the country forward, yeah. by all means, do it. You know what I mean? So it's not like... Sort of from like a development sort of point of yeah. view. Um, you know, but getting bigger plays in to get yeah. these guys who's saying the the guys from the islands that are fringe guys yeah. to a bit of expertise, a bit of knowledge, a yeah. bit of support. Well, to, to play alongside yeah. Yeah. guys yeah. like Malachi Fekitola yeah. Yeah. Give or a bit Charles Piatow, is yeah. for loud, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100%. Like there that, that's, two sides to it. That, yeah. that, like there's, for me... If Pros and cons yeah. to both, really. Yeah. 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 And if you're going to come, then make sure your heart's in it. Yeah. Do you get yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's yeah. a big thing. Like don't just, don't take it lightly. Yeah. So don't All come in, just because yeah. you want to go play a World Cup. Come so that because when you come and play for say something for Fiji, the, it's the only team I've played in where you're genuinely playing for the jersey. There's no money involved. You know, sometimes you might not get kit. Sometimes, but that's that's what makes us. That's what makes Fiji. You know, and I'm only speaking from my experience, and that's why I loved it every time I got picked. You know, we're paying our airfares to go back. So, and then, like, yeah, pay it, we get refunded. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes you don't get refunded, yeah. but, like, it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm okay because I'm financially okay playing at my club. But, again, then you get, you know, so when, like I said, going back, if you're going to come and come back, make sure you're really, really going to help not only push the team on the rugby field but develop those players because you're bringing a wealth of experience with you. You know what I mean? If you play for England... Or if you played for New Zealand, you come, bring that with you. You know, don't just come on the World Cup year yeah. and then not play again. Like that for me is like, no. Gotcha. Because so there's some games where you're going to go to some rough places and that's when you 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 find your loyalty to your team. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I, I'm not for, I'm for you coming and playing and, and contributing to the team and making it well. But if it's only just for the World Cup, that for me is like... Well, no, that's where the problem lies because you're only coming for the big stage. Yeah, you know where were you when we we're playing in PNG or where we yeah. were playing in Apia or Nikolov? So that, that, that's how I see it. So it's pros and cons. Not it's not bad. It's not good. But playing for the T2 nations, it comes at a price. Yeah. You know what I mean? It comes at. Yeah. A, Do you think the the Jura now with how good they're going, the backing they're getting from the village, and probably going to get outside backing from? Yeah other partners and different things. Do you think over time that everyone will start to sort of migrate back home? I know there is a, yeah. there's definitely a financial gap yeah. with Super Rugby and obviously the French nations, the Japanese nations and so forth. But do you think that Fiji in time could turn into, yeah. have the facilities to, you know, <clears throat> give guys an opportunity like yourself to just come yeah. back and play and live at home and... And live those childhood dreams and support and family yeah. on the deck. Do you reckon they're heading that way? Hundred percent. I think the best thing that could yeah. ever happen for the game <laughs> that yeah. could ever happen for the game. <laughs> it's tough to hear. Yeah, but it is great. Yeah, yeah. that could ever happen for the, the best thing that could ever happen for the game. It's Fiji having their own team. Yeah, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I thank whoever helped organise yeah. it, whoever yeah. made it happen, because not only is it going to benefit the national team, it's going to benefit kids and guys that are playing in Europe that, that want to come back and, and, you know, like, that want to be close to home because, mm. you know, I mean, they've never had a professional team on the island. So, like, for instance, uh, the winger who was playing in Aksan province, Eroni Sal, he's the, the jackhammer, they call him. The jackhammer. Is it the jackhammer? No, yeah. the sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, jackhammer. <laughs> so they call and he's come back from France, you know, so he would have been on good coin, but he's come back and he's, 
He's really enjoying his rugby. I spoke to him a, a few weeks ago, and he's really enjoying his rugby. Um, he's killing it. But do you get what I mean? Like, and this is the thing where I, I see it. It's kind of like it's a. It's going to give headaches for selection for the Fiji team because usually for the last That's however good. long, That's good. the Fiji national team has always been picked from Europe. Yep. You know what I mean? And so it is. So so they should because that's where everyone plays. But now with the Drua comp playing competitively in the in, in the Super Rugby, but being based at home, and they have they've got a new setup. They've got a new um, what do you call the the new gym? Sorry, the new excellence. Or they've just set that up. So all they're now they've got field. Mate, these guys are you're going to see more and more talent come through. But at the same time. You're gonna see. I, I feel that you're gonna see a lot of talent go as well, yeah. because then it just on a world stage. Yeah, because guys. And that's are, not necessarily a bad thing. Though, no, is no, it? no, exactly right. You yeah, know, being able to go to, to yeah, you know, a yeah. French domestic club with <coughs> yeah. tons yeah. of cash and develop their game. Hundred percent. But and you see it now too, though. So like in Japan, the high schools are oh. are going over there, yeah. um, and like this is. There's three young Fijian guys that have just come to Canon that are, like again sort of fac factory stuff where they've just yeah. they've hit the ground running and it's you can't stop these nah, these boys exactly. and it's and i remember asking the boys like the fuck like <laughs> were, were they, have they come yeah straight? no they did a year or two at uni i'm just going and then like we played a team on our last game and just big fiji and center i was just like stop yeah 100 you know, percent. but that's what you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna but, but get guys schools he's he's yeah. you're gonna get clubs you're gonna get yeah. i mean like they're starting to do it at obviously new zealand do it as well they they, um, Eddie once said that New Zealand have the yeah. biggest academy in the world. Yeah. You know, so with the Drua there now involved, again, it's good for, for the game in the country, but also it, it can, you know, again, it's good for the, the, the players because they get to go out and... Um, it's good for the game. It's good for the game. You yeah. see, and again, Super Rugby and Australian Rugby and all that can learn of what Fiji's doing. That's, How good that crowd? That crowd is packed. There's people that He's can't get tickets. all the time. That oh. are literally... Hanging <coughs> on fences, yeah. standing on roofs of cars just to get a glimpse. Mind you, it's forty degrees. Oh, yeah. and it's hot. And everyone, oh, yeah. everyone's there again. Different. Like it just, and especially like you said, the boys that are going to potentially be coming home from Europe. Yeah. And you know, playing with a lot of got a lot of Polynesian mates and guys yeah. from the islands, and that what it means to them to be home and to be yeah. surrounded by family. It, like when it's family yeah. comes over to visit. They change their demeanor, changes the way they 100%. play, changes. It's just, it's yeah. literally like, you know, and they're oh, mum's here. Like mum flew over from exactly. all the way here, and they are just a different human. And I feel like if all these guys come back and are surrounded by family, kids, relatives, yeah. you know, chiefs of the village, and different thing, it's like it's scary. It, that's and scary. Finances too. Once that takes care of itself, um, you know, once, like you said, in a few more years when. Because right now some of those Fijian players playing in Europe are on some big wickets. So, mm. but um, yeah, I just like again, like it's it's great for the game to see a team like and it's something they've been longing for for a long time. I remember, you know, we we when we Crusaders went over there one time, we played the first very first yeah, Super I'm, Game in. We played the Chiefs. We lost. It was pissing down with rain, like torrential rain, like piss, and they got eighteen thousand through the gates. Yeah loose do you get what i mean and that's not even a fiji team so you can imagine you know the atmosphere there when the actual fiji drill like like yeah. a, when i played for fiji sometimes you couldn't hear yourself in those stadiums the stadiums it's it's 
around field, the ground is probably as hard as yeah, the acoustic just bounces. And the grass, the grass, <laughs> yeah. is, the grass is as oh, yeah. this. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and like, oh, but you like, have your your lawn spikes on there. Oh. Run around <laughs> that. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's the thing. Like, uh, like I said, it's great for the game and um, Drew. Look, their first year, the second year, they're they're, they're beating big teams. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost becoming a fortress to go and play in Fiji. Like I, I think it's almost got teams are almost. Scared well, to play. Yeah, yeah. That was their first it, it, loss at home this year against the Blues. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. by a lot. No, you know, exactly so right. It's getting pretty bloody hard for yeah. them. We've been going on for a while, Nemzi, but just a couple more questions no, to yeah, round it out before we uh, get through the rest of the show. But what's your career looking like? You announced earlier this year you are going to be officially yeah. retiring from all professional um, sport at, after your season yeah. here with the Tars. What's your post-career looking like? You're going to come back to Fiji and have a little run with Chrissy Kurajani? Yeah. Or? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll... Uh, or yeah, maybe but, you come down to the West Bulldogs, mate. Yeah. Well, actually, I played juniors down at West Bulldogs. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good enough for me. Played, um, we'll Bridget. Take it. Played, played, played for West. I actually played for a lot of clubs. Yeah, under what names? Yeah. <laughs> now, this one was Ratu. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny because some of the guys at West that I, you know, I run into at the Caco or something, yeah. they'll be like, hey, Ratu. And I'm like, like I was who? like, who, what? Like, oh, we played together in under eights for uh, West. I remember that guy you got sent off uh, playing against Taylor Bridge. So <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Bridge. Um, um, Good callback. I still remember my first ever rugby game. Go on. Playing yeah. for West, under eight. We played Taylor Bridge at Graceville. I scored three or four tries. Nice. You're having an off day. And then I got, I made a big tackle. I'll never forget it. I made a big tackle and I got sent off for it. And I went off crying. Oh. Still to this, those were the times when it used to be barefoot. I was yep. about to say, and I think under eights back then was was that still two hand tag? <laughs> no, nah, back then it was tackle, and you had oh, to wear and you were in barefoot. Yeah, so, yeah, and that so, was good gas. Yeah, it was Sunday. I was Sunday morning. I'll never forget that. That's for some reason it's sticking <laughs> yeah, embedded, embedded in your mind. <laughs> if only I could <laughs> do that with trauma. If only, if, if only I could do that with my schoolwork, I'd be a, a scholar. Um, no, so yeah, and I recently announced my my retirement. Um, no, like I've you know I've, I've been doing a bit of media work here and there and got a few things lined up but um yeah gonna get into the probably the uh, the construction business construction side of things the industry and see how laboring with there. me nah, oh, no 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 <laughs> no yeah no no uh, thank you yeah no thank you so <laughs> appreciate I mean, it no, thanks. hopefully office stuff but uh, no no yeah got a few <laughs> things lined up but i think i'm gonna um yeah honed down on, on, on the media so i've been given a, a great opportunity to to get into media and um something i'm working um, really hard to to do and uh, awesome. yeah i've i've uh, it's funny i did my first media gig and i said you know uh we played the, the brumbies so who are the um i'll make sure i say this right alan alalatoa mm -hmm. captain for the brumbies yep i said his brother's name michael Michael, I talk, I played well, you played with yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then um, um, you know, uh, Valentino. Valentini. Valentini. Yes, yeah, so Valentini. <laughs> I said, I said Bobby Valentino, the singer. <laughs> Just as good, mate. I, so I said two, two wrong names, <laughs> got off, and I was like, came off. I, was like, I thought I was all right. And then Drew Mitchell was sitting in the corner. He was like, Drew came up. And he was like. I was like, man, how'd I go? And he was like, yeah, it's good. It's just you named a different rugby player Come and a, on, and a musician. <laughs> and I was like, what? And they would have been thinking too. They're like, oh, I forgot he Nems, was a, oh, I forgot Polynesian, he was a, you'll be yeah. good to be able to uh, oh, the names. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting messages too. Oh, yeah, Bobby, he sang a good song in the 90s. <laughs> oh, God. But no, that was my first experience. But no, yeah. Oh, the only way's up. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I look to hopefully play some sixth grade Friday night footy. Um, nice. Down to the Black Dogs. Tigers, here we go. Yeah. I've got to know who the teams are first. There's I've been Black looking. Dogs. Yeah. There's, there's Ippy Rangers in the comp. Yeah, Ippy's yeah. in the comp. I might have to go have a gig with them. My jersey's still up there, so oh. hopefully. Oh. Redland Mud Crabs, that's a good one. Yeah, Mud Crabs. <laughs> just, just a quick one on your retirement, because I'm obviously going to get there in a, in a little bit, yeah. I hope. 10 or 15. Um, 10 yeah. or 15 years. With the, <laughs> the yen's going strong at the moment for old Quink. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just when you, I had a good chat to Sammy Wikes, who you might have had mm. a little bit to do down at, um, good friend of mine, yeah, down at the Tars there, and um, I sort of asked him, you know, when you made the decision to retire, was it a sense of relief, or was there also the sense of what's next, and that that fear and anxiety of like, oh, I've sort of I've made the call, I've spent, you know, as you said, from mm. a young fellow all the way up, you've travelled the world, you've had to make some big decisions, you've had good and bad days and yeah. years, and um, was there a point when you made that decision? You obviously spoke to your lovely partner, and yeah, I, I, I'm keen to just hear yeah. your, your your mental on I, that um, snap decision and how you went with it. So this has been this is I've been um, I like to like with things what I do I plan things. So like I've been planning this retirement or this time for the last few years. I always wanted to make sure that you know I was I was always going to move back to Australia post um, Leicester. So I was meant to, I was gonna finish this year. Funny enough they're in the semis. And then so but then the Waratahs <laughs> came up. The Waratahs opportunity came up and I took it and but I, I'd planned um, you know what I was gonna try and do after rugby and I coming to the Waratahs was, was a blessing in disguise for me. Um, it helped me um, make that dis, um, decision a bit easier to but I think for me it was the more so what what made easier was the, the prep that I've done to get me ready like you know mentally you're never going to be you can never train yourself mentally for life after rugby but if i can work on a few things that can help me with my transition and make the decision a bit easier then that, that's what i did and so when i made that decision it was more right it's out there now i can have people stop telling me to hurry up and retire you know but it was the best decision I'm i made it. yeah it sounds yeah. like those guys down at uh, tg Miller yeah got in your head yeah. So, <laughs> yeah so um but no the, the biggest thing for me was just like making sure that my backyard was sorted and uh, like i'm not saying you can you if you can get a few things sorted um you know prior to that um because i always i always think with young guys like people always think when you retire you know you you, you retire for life you got to remember you got 30 years of of work to go and you go 30 so like if you can realize that and try and prepare well for that then maybe they'll take a bit of anxiety and, and i can tell you now like the stress that i've had after make the decision has gone down like i'm really just enjoying this next four or five weeks and then i've obviously i'm, I'm contracted to the two blues till the end of the season so i'm really looking forward to that and i had a clean out and almost finishing in club land too like yeah where it all sort of started exactly necessarily. and like it, it and the good thing is it's good too because i'm not going to a world cup i'm not playing international but i can still have that um you know that that, that drug where i can still prepare for a game now when i do club rugby it's tuesday thursday um so i'm gonna have to watch the beers on the saturday but the one thing i i is just looking they forward are. to this time now do you know what i mean looking forward to now and and um being around the boys yeah and as opposed to trying to hold it in and to, to be fair after like i've always been a man of i want to make my decisions and i'm not saying it's it's easy like you sometimes you don't get that opportunity so i'm blessed to in that sense as well but um you know i i'm thankful in the fact that i get to go out on my own terms 
Sammy Wikes had a whole different uh, approach. If you want me to let his answer yeah. know, you gave a very awesome answer and obviously very well planned. I s said, what will you miss? He said, I'll miss doing Broncos. Oh, I won't what? miss, sorry. I won't oh, miss. Oh, yeah, I was no, 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 what? mate. One of, one of the worst man. you'll ever see do it. Absolute, yeah. you know, um, sack it to guts. <laughs> and um, he goes, I won't miss doing Broncos waking up feeling sore yeah. and that anxiety of doing contact on Tuesday. And he said, and I'll just, I'll miss hanging out in the showers for a good 30 minutes, checking people's pieces out. Yeah. And that was it. So, That's it. Yeah. And life, and he said, and now life will be good after this. Yeah. So he's again, well he, he well. really well. <laughs> he's similar to you. He took that, um, you know, he, he's doing the Jura games with yeah. Clarky and he can talk underwater as well. And, and he's doing real good stuff with the ABC and for yeah. Polynesian um footy which i found out he was half tongan about a couple of weeks yeah. ago and um well he was going to play for tonga yeah because i've always said to us would you ever He's play for tonga and he was like yeah and then just to get to it didn't yeah it? no he said kev's hit him up but he goes i just need too much contact and big boys and, <laughs> and they might <laughs> and the style it, of yeah. they have to play and they yeah. share and they share in their skin so oh, he didn't, you he wouldn't, have that. Do it, you wouldn't like playing the pnc then <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he um yeah so it's interesting to hear yeah. your view because um similar to you i'm, a, I'm yeah. a planner and similar to what i'm doing here yeah. during my break as well i think if you plan like work. sometimes plans change but if you've got a a little bit of a planning that can help i think i mean i guess we'll find out in the next four or five weeks mate um normally dal uh does this he, he does a fast five we just ask five questions whatever your, your first answer is pops it pops into your head yeah first one is uh if you could think of uh, any other athlete from any other sport that you think would be good at playing rugby who would it be i would have to go uh, Greg Inglis. Who said GI. GI the other week? Was that Maurice Longbottom, maybe? I think so, GI. Yeah. Uh, career highlight? Career highlight. Um, career highlight. I guess making my debut. For, no, winning, uh, playing the World Cup opening game against England. Love that. Yeah. Um, Just because it sticks out. I've really <laughs> Favourite teammate? Uh, favorite teammate, Jesus. Um, would it be easier if you answer least favorite? Get that one out of the way. Were you ever teammates with Quirky or no? Nah, <laughs> played against each other. Oh, you're off the oh, list. Yeah. Yeah. Safe. I, I imagine I'd be at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. of the uh, favorite teammate at the moment, I would say Mark Nawanginitawase. Least, Mark. least, least is uh, Ben Donaldson. <sighs> Nice. Why is that? Don't uh, Nah, well, he's the least, but I'll just say it to, because I said I'd mention his name today. Oh, too. there you <laughs> go. Um, not, not the way he wanted out. it. Yeah, yeah. So, shout out. But he sends me some, so, um, we, we, we've got a little chat group going on Instagram. <laughs> reels and memes are getting thrown around. Oh, so. I love it. And yeah. uh, the last question is, uh, who is the most influential influential person in your career? Uh, Lotte Tunkiri. Um, you know, growing up, he was in the... Uh, he's in our family from the same village and we'd all aspire to be like him and um every you know like decisions that i've made particularly he helped me get to leicester and waratahs and he's really helped me um along my career so uh, a lot there would have to be there there it is J just another one mate have there has there ever been a player where you've like gotten the field looked up and gone oh no look how big that bloke is you know what i mean because you're normally <laughs> Yeah, the biggest bloke on the team. Uh, yeah, no, we. Well, someone who's quicker that you're like, oh god. Yeah, well, the quicker guy. So like, yeah. um, when you've got a as a winger, because I know 
<laughs> I'm not quick, let's face it, um, as a winger. But like when I always have to, I wouldn't say I'm scared of him. It's just like it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. Uh, like when when who's a who's a who's a quick winger that I've played against? Um, Radwan. He's a he plays for Newcastle. He's an English winger. He's rapid. So like it just means you're going to have to work a bit harder in your defense. Yeah. And um, so every time I come up against. How can I? I've had to really work on my defense game, yeah. if that makes sense. Knowing how to shut them down, or you know, you never really want to show them. If anything, I try and get him to come back on the inside. <laughs> so I try and run out first. Try and run over me, then around me. Yeah, yeah. Then I tell my center to come I know back what the team. Brums are going to do. Your first game back, mate. I know <laughs> who they're going to be putting on the wings. Yeah. So yeah, Corey Tall. I'm thank. He's quick. Yeah, and he's he doesn't look like a big guy, but you reckon Australia World Cup. Would love to see him. Yeah, would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a smoky. He's rapid. Someone like him or Max Jorgensen, I reckon, could be yeah. a smoky in that mould. I have loved that a couple of those sevens boys have sort of migrated to play super yeah. as well. Because when I when you played I, sevens, yeah, too, I played my sevens first year out of school, and mate, our year was sort of you know uh, Luke Morahan, like Gilly, Dom Shipley, uh, Bernard Foley, Nick Phipps, Holy active Chucky, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Chucky they played sevens. And so, oh mate, our Vegas trip. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. And so, but we were almost told, like, uh, you guys are sort of contracted to the Tars and Brums and everything like that. Go off and, you know, get get some world travel, get some experience, grow up a bit. And you come back to the Reds, play East, bangs, we're bouncing around heaps, but just Ah. get the experience. And then we all went straight to top squad, super rugby teams. So it was almost used as a feeder. As it still is today. I wouldn't think it is now. No, it's not. It's very, for a while, it it kept... The same crew, yeah. you know, because, you know, you've got the Olympics, you've got the Com Games, you've got like these sort yeah. of World Series and different things like that. So they'd want to keep the same crew together. Hence the girls sort of doing very well. And yeah. as well as the blokes have sort of jumped way up. But so yeah, they're, they're there was a new timers. team every year pretty much. Yeah. So they're full time. So they, they yeah. get... I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're ARU contracted. Um, yeah. They, they are, and yeah, that, that's that's the. And they wouldn't come back and play shoot shield or. No, nah, I, I don't think so. They can. They, they can, can yeah. outside of their season, but is that a choice? Like, yeah. So choice. You, 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 they are contracted to seven, yeah, right. but they can come back because a lot of shoot shield players actually, and QPR players actually do get Guernseys within the Aussie seven yeah. setup as well. So they are utilising clubland as a way to be able to. Many Queenslanders in that team. One thing I one thing I want to one thing I want to I want to see is like. How come there's not many Fijians playing in the Aussie team? Like, as in, like, that are obviously from here. No, no, that are from here. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, you pl- you go watch some of the Noosa Sevens and some of the... So, like, I know a few that are playing club, but play Sevens are killing it here. Australian eligible. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just... I just not, not only them, but, like, I just feel that, like, they could, yeah. you know... Do you think... I'd, I just would assume that there's not enough tournaments to be seen. Yeah. Like if you, I feel like if you're picked, you're picked and you're contracted. Yeah, right. But how many times are you seeing week in, week out, sevens yeah. tournaments across? Maybe half a dozen at the back end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Aussie and the end, yeah. invitationals where instead of like having proper yeah. Ridgy Didge for cash players yeah. where every time, you know, yeah. the Queensland, the Aussie selectors are coming out. Like, mate, Samu's brother yeah. just got picked. I played him played for... Um, Japan. Yep. Josh. To- Toyota Shockey. We had a trial against them. Yeah. Saw Josh there was... Sweet, and then next thing I saw him playing the Hong Kong Sevens, yeah. and uh, there's I believe there's a loss because like two direct- blues, yeah. like two blues, yeah. two blues, they've won most of the Sevens comp in Sydney, like up and down New South Wales, and like, I mean I've obviously Roche's there who's 
who's one of the, the you know the, the biggest me- the backbone of that squad. But it'll be good to see like many comp. Like I reckon it'd be good to have like a sevens competition, like a genuine. Pretty much what the women's are doing a lot. Yeah, like the AO and so like yeah. Aeon after yeah. the fifteen, it'll just keep everyone in the game. We talk about trying to grow the game. Do you know what I mean? Imagine that, and then you well, like, they, take they it to do it within or... yeah respective states and yeah. cities and stuff like that. But like a national one, would yeah, be... that'll be yeah. Awesome. Also, imagine that two day tournaments hit one week, and you're down there. Like yeah. guys can come down, get on the you know on the piss, yeah. and you know we talk about growing the game and trying to. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good like for Queen if if you're not playing on the weekend for the Reds and that, and you're in the backs and members and that. And there's a Queensland Sevens team. Yeah, you didn't get any time on the weekend. You're going to play this tournament on the weekend. Get some fitness. Bit of get fun. some game. Bit Bloody of fun. Yeah. Get away from it. A and bit. it's a huge growing market within the, the world oh, rugby landscape. It, so there's no. It's only going to get bigger, isn't it? There yep. used to be a huge disconnect between Sevens and Fifteens. Yeah, it's, it's right up there as well. So it's and it's a huge part of the world game. So, yeah. um, all right, let's quickly go through some pack rugby news things um, we saw on the weekend just gone. We were discussing this before we went live, Nems. Fijiana Drua came away with a 20-17 win against the Tars Super W side. And the Reds booked their ticket to the Granny um, with a two-point win over the Brumbies as well. So Fijiana looking to go back-to-back and the Reds looking to jag their first Super W title. That Fijiana game. Yeah. Well, when it was like 17-0 at half, like 10 minutes into the game. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean... I thought Tars were going to run away and put 50 on them, to be fair. And then uh, it was kind of hot too down there, I think. And Fiji, like Fijiana just, they turned it on in the second half and mm-hmm. that never to say die attitude. But like I was saying to you earlier, the biggest difference for me was they brought in two players um, who played last season. They brought them in. But the fact that they've been together in in, the, in Australia for, for three weeks now. So they've been able to... Prior to that, they were obviously playing Fiji back and forth, but then they came here for three weeks have been able to bond. And like, if you, if you compare that to last year when they won it and they destroyed nearly every team yeah. or every team, they were together for however long the season was, seven, eight weeks. Yeah. They were together, camping together, you know, all together in, in the one place. So the biggest thing for me is like when they won, I was kind of like, I look back and I was like, well, they've been together for three weeks. They, they haven't had that distraction of family. They're and, starting to click. Yeah, they're starting to click and... You know, when you when you're playing in Fiji, it's easy to get distracted. You know, like with family and stuff. So when you come together, they've gone on. Now they're up in Townsville. They, they were. I, I don't think anyone expected them to win. No, um, not you not know, at all. like and uh, because you know, no disrespect to them, but the form, their form going into the semis, the everyone kind of weeks were, yeah, everyone yeah. kind of thought, okay, well, Drew's you know, Tars probably walk over this, and if anything, Tars probably had more to lose. I get, I think, and. Uh, Look, so happy for, for gutted for the Tars, but happy for Drua to, to win. And I think that was the final. I could be wrong, but you got the Reds this week. Well, you've got a foot um, in both camp now, so have you got one? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. So, like, being <laughs> proud Queensland is always, as well as being a, uh, f- a proud Fijian. I'm going to sit on the fence this one. Uh, he's going to celebrate no matter who wins. Yeah, 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 he's going to celebrate who wins. Love it. When we get our red, yeah. red hot takes later on, we'll see how you feel about that one. Um, another one, big fat Dar, Sandy Marinos, CEO of Rugby Ooh. Australia, has uh, resigned four months out from, the Rugby out World from Cup. the World Cup. That's a, that's a strange one. Uh, someone, th- th- there was word that it did have something to do with the, um, all the NRL players and contractors, the contracts and stuff like that, but... Um, the, the guy that's most likely to take his job is um, 
We've got a photo of him up here. Uh, it's actually Dan Marinos um, <laughs> from the Miami Dolphins. I think it says brother of Andy Marinos. Um, that's a new hot tip. But him or Phil War apparently are going to be taken off, taking over the role. So either he. <laughs> we don't know. I didn't think that'd pop up. Yeah. <laughs> Has Warrior got much to do out of the Tars at the moment? Really. Um, no, we, we had a we had an old boys alumni sort of old boys lunch, and he was there. But no, he's um, he's heavily into what he's doing. I think it's in the business world. So uh, also, we were just talking about the women's game. Uh, world record crowd for a women's rugby fixture: fifty eight thousand four hundred ninety eight packed out Twickenham crazy. to see England take out their fifth Six Nations in a row. Oh. Nems, you obviously played over there. Yeah, that is. Absolutely nuts to see that, and we saw a world record yeah. just at the Women's Rugby World Cup last year at Eden Park. It's the, the women's game is blowing up the yeah. marks. It, it's uh, it's leaps and bounds. It's light years ahead of um, the competition over here, because obviously in England they've got their new comp, but um, they've got their competition. But France have had this for a while now. So mm. when I was playing at Montpellier, the women's team that we that um, that was there, they were the most successful team in like the women's comp they've won a six seven and they were all the french internationals came from there so like to see that um you know to see that crowd i actually wasn't surprised to be fair like france get that on a, on france women team get that when they go to uh, when they play in their six nations they get forty thousand down at Grenoble. you know what i mean so just like how good is it for you know women's rugby is like hissing in europe yeah. Um, again, and you, I think a lot few of the girls here went over there and played. Yeah, Bella McKenzie's over there, Laurie Kramer. Yeah, well, so it's um, it's only going to get bigger. But to see fifty three thousand, like it's that's you know that's more than what you get to mm. some of the super games. Yeah, fifty eight thousand. Some of the super games. Yeah. What do you yeah. mean, mate? The, Bloody oath. Do you think it goes on to the the towns? You know, like yeah. in Europe and stuff like the towns yeah. get behind everything over there, and it doesn't matter if it's a men's, women's, yeah. or in well, France have their own. Montpellier have their own stadium, yeah. so the women's have their own stadium and the men's have their own stadium. Oh, good on them. So it's like, you know, they've got their own gym, like they've got their own where they boss the academy boys. This is Montpellier, women's, you know, boss. The, the, when I was there, anyway the academy would come to Boston to get out because it's there so like <laughs> you know in towns again it, it's towns people here it's more franchise over there it's the towns get behind it so whether you're playing it's the equivalent of like West being yeah a professional setup yeah you know like that is that I'd love to see yeah that I'd love to see a, a, a national competition here that that'll be bloody you know, in clubs how good would that be yeah. I'd, Tap get, into I'd that. get Capella bar just all, all on we'd have a, it'd be full sun court would be full wouldn't be a lot of shoes or teeth but we'd be full about <laughs> <laughs> tornadoes or the aces about crusaders i think <laughs> yeah, crusaders. Crusaders. love it it's right on the back of the half dog track that we used to go to. <laughs> so. um and last one quirky uh hamish mcclennan came out his vicious war of words with peter Landis is just still going oh. back and forth and he called league scrums <laughs> lame Went as far to say, let's just see who they wax on about being the toughest blokes in the world. And he's like, let's see what happens if you have three league scrums and three union scrums against each other and see what actually happens there. And if whoever loses, if it's a draw, we'll have a spelling bee. I mean, they're going back and forth and I'm kind of frothing it. Yeah, I, look, rugby union in any conversation in, you know, if we can use the L word on the show, uh, in league, it, it's good. Like... Mate, I'm all for comedy and all for a yeah. good laugh and stuff like this. And look, even though um, I'd say rugby unions, comebacks and stuff are, are very p 
political and, and white-collared with some of them, you know, hence the word lame. I would have used another word. <laughs> Even um, that's a lame yeah, word. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, lame dad. is a lame word. That's, um, that's a, a Sydney dad word. So, yep. yeah, look, I, I like it. It's, it's a good bit oh, of banner yeah. and, mm. and it's, yeah, exactly right. So, you know, how many times has the union been on the back page up here in Brizzy or down the Sydney Herald mm. and different things? So, I think it's good. I just think we need to be a bit more strategic in our attacks. I just think we need to let Uncle Eddie off and... Let him really let him do let slash him off. Let him yeah. and, and if we want to settle this, why don't why don't they literally go half a league, half a union? A or game that everyone's been talking about for twenty years. Exactly yeah. right. If they want to, if they want to fizz off it, or let's go, or let's get these um these cropper worms up the top of the ladder. Let them put him in the ring, and we'll just have a charity <laughs> boxing match and we'll <laughs> sort it out there. Let them finally have a crack. <laughs> All right, Michael Bond is is pretty bloody red hot. All right, well, that rounds out this week's episode of the Pack Rugby Show. It's been a long one, but it's been absolutely awesome. Quirky, well done. First time in the hot seat, absolutely crushed it. Big fat Dars on the battler's bench, as per usual. That was absolutely insane, fever dream type shit. Nems, mate, thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with us, mate. It's been absolutely awesome to pick your brain, so. Cheers. Mate, it's it's absolutely awesome, and all the best for the rest of the season. Hopefully, Thanks, you mate. can get back on the deck for the Tars, and if it, if not, at least for the two Blues, and take them all the way to shoot shield. Yeah, right? well, we're, we're planning on winning it this year. So yes, uh, I've just got to get like yeah. I said two Blues. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, no, thanks, boys. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed. It's uh, been absolutely guys, awesome. Cheers. No, but for everybody at home, enjoy the footy this weekend. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Ciao.